Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Koontz. This is a sermon entitled Day of Rejoicing, preached on May 17th of 2020. We invite you to visit us every Sunday. Sunday school starts at 9.30 and services start at 11. We're located at 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri, just outside of Lake Como. And now here's Pastor Philip Koontz with Day of Rejoicing. Let's all now turn to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. Book of Colossians, chapter 3, is we're going to read quite a few verses, verses 1 through 14. If you could please turn with me to Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 14, and stand to honor the reading of his word. Colossians 3, 1 through 14 says, If you then were raised with Christ, desire things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God, set your affections on things above, not on, th- not on things on earth. For you are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you also shall appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death the parts of your earthly nature, sexual immorality, uncleanness, inordinate, in other words, excessive affection, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. You also once walked in these when you lived in them. But now you must also put away all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie one to another, since you have put off the old nature with its deeds, and have embraced the new nature, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him who created, excuse me, who created it, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So embrace as the elect of God, holy and beloved, a spirit of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Bear with one another and forgive one another, If anyone has a quarrel against anyone, even as Christ forgave you, you, so you must do. And above all these things, embrace love, which is the bond of perfection. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. I know that's an awful lot, but there's an awful lot of deepness in these words. You know, emotions... Emotions are a natural, a natural thing that are from God that he, he created for us. But when we have no control of the emotions, there's a problem. Now, these are things that God uh, gave us, emotions, as I said before, but we need to have control of our emotions. They're not to have control over us, which we'll talk about. Sometimes emotions die hard. They really do. Emotions die hard. And... 
they're hard to stop. That's what it means when you say emotions die hard. They're hard to stop. They're hard to change. They're hard to give up. You know, I know that when we hear the phrase die hard, we probably think of one of a couple things, either a car battery or we think of a 1988 action movie starring Bruce Willis about hostages, terrorists, people being held hostage. Well, the fact is a lot of people are held hostage by their emotions. They are. They're being held hostage by their emotions, held hostage all the time because that's what the devil does. There's nothing wrong with having emotions. But a lot of times people are held hostage by it. And originally I was going to call this sermon, Emotional uh, Emotions Die Hard. But I didn't do that because I didn't want people constantly going back to an action movie, which has some honoriness, we'll say. But the fact of the matter is, is I wanted to go with emotional hostage because that's the point. A lot of times people get held hostage by it. And that is the title of today's sermon, Emotional, emotional Hostage. People get held hostage by their emotions. Too often we do. So is it wrong to have emotions? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're not a Vulcan from Star Trek. You have to have emotions. By the way, they do too. They just suppress it. But we are to have uh, emotions. We're to have that. Recently, I've had to deal with emotions a lot, and a lot of people have. And they do die hard. But in schools uh, this year, I was told by several people who work in school, uh, the school system and school districts, one of them who comes right here, was telling me that for the first week of school, the children were taught and were told all about emotions for the first week of school. That's all they were taught about. That's why I started dealing with this. We were, they were taught about their emotions. That was the first week of school. I can't imagine that from my days of school, that we were taught about emotions. Everybody has emotions. We know that. Can you imagine the very first week, how are your feelings? How are your feelings? But the fact of the matter is, is we are in a whole new generation where kids deal with emotions constantly. We all have emotions and we know that. But there are lifestyles that deal with emotions. And that's really what certain sexual lifestyles are all about, how they feel, their emotions. Not their physical truthfulness or their physical ability is based on how they feel, their emotions. Not what God made them to be. We know that. <clears throat> but there's a new generation, the new next generation, all based on how they feel. Problem is, is emotions come and go like the wind. They go like the wind, and there's a problem with our emotions. If we go only on how we feel, then things can change like that, and we don't know who we truly are, and that's a problem. Our next generation may have a problem, which is why, incidentally, I wore a tie of Star Trek that next generation has nothing to do with Star Trek, this sermon, nothing at all. It has to do with the next generation of things. A next generation is based all on how we feel, on emotions, and there's a problem with that. As I said before, Emotions are going to come, emotions are going to go. But we're not to base ourselves only on how we feel. We have to have something real. We have to have something tangible. We have to have something that we can build upon. Because you can't build everything on emotions. Because one minute you're going to feel one way, the next minute you're going to feel another way. There's been days I woke up feeling sad, and then mad, then bad. And I've gone through all of them in a matter of seconds sometimes. You ever had that? Sometimes based on a dream. Sometimes based on something that I thought someone was thinking, and they're not thinking that. It's all in my mind. Because that's the problem with emotions. They may have absolutely nothing to stand on. But people could put it there. Guess who puts things there all the time? Emotions and things. The devil. The devil can do that. That fool can do that. And a lot of times people go along with it and hold us hostage by it. 
2 Timothy 1.7, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not, give, has not given us, and I'm putting the not on there, not, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And the reason why I want to put that on there is some people get confused about fear. Well, I thought we were supposed to fear the Lord. Well, fear the Lord means respect. Respect the Lord. It doesn't mean being afraid of God. Or to respect the Lord God, that kind of fear. Being afraid of God, you don't need to be afraid of God. You know God. You know him personally. Show respect to the Lord God, that's what that kind of fear means. But th- well, we'll talk more about that in a month or two. But show fear as far as respect, but do not be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. God, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power. Wait, we have power? We'll talk more about that coming up too. We have power, love, self-control. It's not our power, it's God's power, but of self-control. You have the ability to control, self-control. Remember people say, I can't help it, this is how I feel. No, you have self-control. We're talking about the kids and all their emotions and all they're talked into believing nowadays. They're talked into believing their emotions control them. We don't have to be controlled by our emotions. I'm going to look into um, uh, Exodus chapter 32 real quick because I'm going to read uh, in chapter 32. I'm not going to read all of it, by the way, because there's an awful lot to be read. But in Exodus chapter 32, we can see that people were, were controlled by their emotions. As Moses went up to, to the top of Mount Sinai, he went to the very top. And he, the Lord was talking to him about uh, the Ten Commandments. Now, keep in mind, God already came down the, to the bottom of the, the mountain, or at least the middle of it, and he was telling all the people in Exodus chapter 20, all the people, he was telling them what the Ten Commandments were. They already knew what the Ten Commandments were. Let's not forget that. They already knew that thou shalt not lie, thou shalt have no other gods before me. They knew all these things. Then, if they knew all these things, what did they do? They talked to Aaron. Aaron was scared for himself. I understand that. They told Aaron, let's get all these things together and let's have another God. We need another God. Moses left us. He's not coming back. They were afraid. They, you know, the devil got into their emotions, and so they were afraid, and they talked to Aaron. He allowed his emotions to get the better of him. And so while Moses was talking to God, and God was writing out the commandments in front of Moses, and we see what happens here. They started building a golden calf, and they were bowing down to it, worshiping it, and throwing women up on top of it, and all these things, giving sacrifices to the... Can you imagine those crazy outfits allowing their emotions to get the better of them? And I know a lot of times we like to judge those people, and they were stupid for doing such a thing. i uh, tell you the truth, sometimes I want to go back in time with a paddle and whoop them. However, the fact of the matter is, is we have all allowed our emotions to get the better of us sometimes. And listen to what the Lord says to Moses while God is up there and Moses is having a wonderful conversation with God. Can you imagine the light of God? He didn't see him face to face, but he did see the Lord uh, walk by. And I mean by that is he was in the presence of him and so much so he's half burnt. I mean he had half a sunburn. Can you imagine that? It wasn't like they had some kind of a cover girl to cover him up halfway. And like, hey, let's put some red over here and make that look good. No, no, no. He looked half sunburnt when he came back down because he was in the presence of God, the shining of the Lord God. But... When God come walking by and was giving him all the Ten Commandments, what he did, God said this in chapter 32, verse 9. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people. He's telling the people down there being foolish because they never learned what they were supposed to do. And they're making other gods like they learned from the land of Egypt. Keep that in mind. 
I mean, at one point they were sitting there saying, oh, I miss the days. They're going back in memory from their emotions. Oh, I miss the days when we were down by the Nile. Oh, it was so good in the Nile days when we were by the flies of, the, of Egypt's Nile. Can you imagine that? They're missing the Nile, the stinky Nile, where they had oxen and other things licking up the water, and they're down by the dead oxen and the smelly things where they were slaves. Have you ever had that? Where your emotions get so bad you forget all the bad and you only remember the good memories, the good feelings, good emotions. We do that sometimes. We don't think about the fact that we're either being beaten and hurt and all that. We think of only the good moments. Oh, I remember that time I had that ice cream cone. Of course, I don't. I forget the fact that it was sticking to my sister, back of my sister's head. I forget the fact that my father was cursing at me and yelling at me. I'm not talking about my dad, by the way. But forget about all those things. No, 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 no. I only remember the fact that I was licking an ice cream cone. Don't remember the fact that I was in the heat. It's stuck in a car with no air conditioning and all that. I just remember an ice cream cone. The fact of it is, people do that all the time. That's what the, the, the Israelites were doing. Oh, I remember the good old days of Egypt. Oh, you mean the days when you're being struck and your dad was being killed and by the Egyptians? Oh, no, 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 no. The good days. Yeah, that's what we do with our emotions. We like to control us. We don't use common sense. So the Lord said to Moses in, in chapter 32, verse 9 of Exodus, Then the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people... And certainly it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone. Listen to what God says. So that my wrath may burn against them, and I may destroy them. And I will make you, you, he's talking to Moses, I will make you a great nation. In other words, God is so angry at this moment, because God has emotions too, you know. God is so angry at this moment, he wants to kill them all. God wants to kill them all. You know, I can't really say I blame God. Can you imagine that? You free all the people. You free all the people, and now they're doing this. <laughs> I've had my uh, emotional moments. I have. I've had my emotional moments, and I've been so frustrated, and, and there's times that I just get irked. And there's times that I have been so irked that I have been going crazy like a Popeye cartoon. There's been times, it gets so irked, you know, it's feel like, give me a can of spinach and let's go at it. The point of the matter is, is we've all done that, I think. Had our moments of, uh, we probably looked like, you remember how Donald Duck gets, he just starts going crazy. I think we've all done that. We've all done that. Had our, our little crazy moments of throwing a fit. Have you ever thrown a fit? You're throwing a fit and you don't know why. Even God has a temper. Even God has a temper. Now, we're not talking about losing his temper, but listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. He says, I will make you a great nation. Talking about Moses, but listen to what Moses says. I love this. In verse 11, he says, But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn against your people, whom you have brought forth from the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak, saying, With evil intent, he brought them out to kill them in the mountains, and to destroy them from the face of the earth. Turn from your fierce wrath and relent of this harm against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you have sworn by yourself, and say to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens, and all this land that I have spoken of uh, will I give you to your descendants, and they will inherit it forever. Now, was Moses... Telling God what to do? No. He was trying to give God a moment to realize that if you do this, all the people are going to say that you're not true to your word. 
You made a promise. Please, Lord God, don't let the people say that you don't keep your word. That's what Mo Moses was saying unto God. God had his moment of being frustrated, as do we all with our moments of emotions. Do we not? Do we not speak out of anger, out of wrath, out of emotions at times? Even the Lord God did. God stayed calm. But you do know what happened, I'm sure. Moses went down. Moses heard them, saw them doing what they did. He took the tablets, threw it down to the mountain. Everything rumbled. He even melted the calf and he, he put it in water and he fed it to him. He fed it to the people. The Lord had the people of the Levites, those are the people that be the priests, he had them slay 3,000 of those people. And I say all that to say this, that we are not to be led by our emotions. No, 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 no. We're to be led by the Holy Spirit, which you have, brothers and sisters of Christ. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Lord God in you. You have the Holy Spirit. It's not a sin to have emotions at all. Not at all. Not at all. But this is why we have the Holy Spirit be led by the Spirit and His Word and not by the flesh. In other words, not by our emotions. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, we had a sermon by the name of Aftermath, talking about sin and the sorrow thereafter. Sin is usually what happens when we are led by our emotions. And then the aftermath, a lot of times, it seems like happiness when we're giving into it. And then the aftermath is when we give into the sin and we bring sorrow and horrible feelings afterwards. Last week, we talked about God manners, which is to say the good manners are listening to the manners of God, listening to him when we follow God in his manners, the way we treat other people, and that is when we listen to the Lord and not to the evil manners of this world. This is what happens when we listen to the Lord. Today is emotional hostage, and this is whenever we are held hostage by our emotions and our feelings and not by the Holy Spirit. These three go together. These three sermons go together because we have to listen to the Lord and listen to him and not ourselves. And if we are not careful and listen to our emotions, we'll be held emotionally hostage and we won't have God manners and we will have the aftermath of sin. So you can say it's a backwards trilogy of sermons in a sense, but it's true that we need to go through all of these things. So we have emotions. Is it wrong to have emotions? No, of course not. Of course it's not wrong to have emotions. It's wrong to let your emotions have you. I've said that it's over and over again. I'll say it many, many times, I'm sure. It's wrong to have, let your emotions have you. We all have fear, as I said before. We should have fear to the Lord, which is respect, but we're not to be afraid. As it says in Matthew 10, 28, Jesus says, Do not fear those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him, talking about the Lord, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. We have anxieties. Now, I don't need any hands here. <laughs> you keep this to yourself. Some people are very nervous a lot. Very nervous indeed. But it says this in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with gratitude. Make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, there's nothing wrong with being anxious and nervous in this world in the sense that uh, we do have things that we get nervous about. But at the same time, we're not to be overtaken by our nervousness. We're not to be overtaken by anxieties. 
I get nervous sometimes. I get nervous when I get on a scale. <laughs> I get nervous when I look in the mirror sometimes. But the point of the matter is, I'm joking about that, but the truth of the matter is, we're not to be overtaken by nervousness. And again, I don't need to see any hands, but you ever get nervous about things? Perhaps you get nervous when you get your paycheck in the mail. Perhaps you get nervous when you get your bills. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I know some Christians say you're never to be nervous. You're never. The Bible says never be nervous. It doesn't say that. Uh, what it says, don't be overtaken by your nervousness. Don't let your nervousness take you. We get nervous about things. That's going to happen. It's going to be happening. But don't be overtaken by it. Don't let it control you. And it's hard sometimes. It's hard. Also, pride. We're not to be overtaken by pride. Don't be prideful. It says in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before what? Destruction, the fall. That's right. And a haughty spirit, that's talking about temper with that, before the fall. That's right. Anger. Oh, anger. Anger. We have anger. It's not a sin to be angry. It's what we do with it. Hatred and frustration. And so I have a few of those. James 1, 19 through 20 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For anger of a man does not work the righteousness of God. It doesn't work the righteousness of God. You know, I've seen people who've actually tried to convince me that God wants us to get angry. He wants us to throw things down. I've talked about it even just a week ago. People tried to convince us that Jesus got angry. Well, we know he did. So that Jesus wants us to throw things down, throw people down. And they try to convince us by using what we just talked about with Moses. Throwing down the tablets. Well, folks, we know that people were going against God's word and things had to be done. We know that. But Moses throwing down the tablets to the people who were going against God's word and trying to convince the other people to go against what God told them to do is a little different than you not getting exactly what you asked for at McDonald's. Just a little bit. We know it's a little different from Jesus Christ overturning the tables because they're blaspheming the name of God and misleading other people and stealing and misusing and blaspheming in the name of God than you yelling at your kid because he misplaced a spoon. Just a little. And I'm being a little facetious in the sense that there's a little bit of blasphemy, and there is a lot of blasphemy, when you compare yourself to Jesus for him doing something holy and right because he is God, and you not. And then trying to say, well, I'm doing what Jesus did because my kid didn't fold his shirt correctly. Come on now. Come on. And then it says in Ephesians 4, 26 through 27, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give place to the devil. Do not give place to the devil. Or as it says, in Proverbs 15, 17 through 18. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. A wrathful man, a wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger appeases strife. See, this is wonderful. It's wonderful because I know that all of us have gotten angry. All of us have done that. But it's better to be calm and cool. And by the way, the Holy Spirit can help with that. You might say, well, no, no, I just come from... And by the way, uh, please don't take this wrong what I'm about to say. Okay, don't say, well, he's, he's a, a man who holds some sort of, uh, uh, you know, 
disrespect to certain nations or whatever, I don't. But I've heard people say this. Well, I come from Irish blood. By the way, I do too. And I come from Scottish blood too. But some people say, well, I'm a Scot, so I have to be temperamental. I'm Irish. By the way, they came from the same place, okay? But, but by the way, we all have, no matter what color you are, we all come from the same place. But some say, I have Irish in me, so I have to be temperamental. I have Scottish in me, so I have to be temperamental. I have this in me. I have that in me. No, doesn't matter if you have the tendency to get mad. What you do with it, you can control. It's a habit, and that's the difference. Or you made yourself an excuse, and that's the difference. You can control it. The another emotions is cheer or sorrow. You can control the control thereof, how much you use it or not use it. It says, Proverbs 15, 13, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, your face, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. And there's so many more. It says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all the care upon him because he cares for you. God cares for you. Give him all your worries. Give him all your emotions. Give him everything because God cares for you. God loves you. Does God have emotions? Yes, he has emotions. Yes, God loves you. He loves you no matter what, but he doesn't always love what we do. He doesn't love what we do always, but we need to hand it over to God. Let's now turn. to Galatians chapter uh, 5, verse 16 through 24. It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are revealed, which are these adultery, sexual immorality, impurity, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, Rage, selfishness, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. Boy, that's an awful lot, Pastor. Yes, it is. Keep a hold of this. I warn you, as I previously warned you, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh and its passions and lusts. This is to say that when we are following the Lord God, when we are following him, these things do not have control over us. It's not to say that we don't have temptations. It's not to say that Satan doesn't throw them at us, because he does. Our emotions sometimes throw these things at us, whether it be lust, whether it be anger, whether it be fear, whether it be pride, whether it be sorrow. These are natural. These are natural affections. But at the same time, 
they can overtake us and Satan tries to throw hatred and strife and jealousies and dissensions and heresies and splitting up families, splitting up churches, splitting up people, splitting up children. And if the kids think it's okay to do this, and they do nowadays, they think, hey, I'm only human. I can do it all the time. And they get online and they say anything and everything and all things are going through their mind. And every little thing that's going through their brain, hey, they see it on TV. They see it in their little comic strips and they see it all the time on the, on the things they say they see comic strips online they see the things through the cartoons they see it continuously so they say it's okay i recently had this thing come about online where i saw that people were showing on cartoons little cartoons for little children that it's natural to do all sorts of unnatural things and it's natural to throw fits and it's natural through their little cartoons it's natural to do these things so the children want to feel okay to say and do anything they want to do and if that's the case, and if it's natural to do these things, and they're learning this for the first week of their school to feel their emotions, to do anything they're feeling is okay, then they will. And if emotions have such a hold on the children that they're going to be held hostage by their emotions, that the school district is telling them it's all right, then who is the mom and daddy going to be able to talk to when they say to the kids, how are you feeling? And then the kids say, I feel, I feel like I ought to be able to do this and this and this and that. And they say, well, no, no, wait a minute. That's not right. They say, no, but, but the, the teachers at school say anything I feel is right. And so I should be able to do it because I feel like, in fact, I feel like a girl, even though I'm an 18-year-old boy. But you're not a girl. God didn't make you that way. But I am a girl because I feel like it. Well, who's going to tell them no when everyone's told them it's okay to? But wait a minute, I feel like I feel like I'm a great big dragon, but you're not a dragon. But I feel like a dragon. See, you know what I'm saying? I'm being silly. Guess what? So is our emotions sometimes. Sometimes in my old earthly nature, I feel like going up and poking someone in the eyeballs. Guess what? That's not right. I know that. Why do I know that? Because the Word tells me so, because the Holy Spirit tells me don't do it. The Holy Spirit says, instead of being angry, go back to the love of the Lord God and show them how they ought to be, not from you, but from the Lord God. But because the little children are being taught that the pastor is wrong and that the mama and daddies are wrong and that the doctors are wrong and everybody else is wrong and that the teachers and everything they feel is right, they're going to go by their emotions and not by the Holy Spirit. They're under emotional hostage. And who's behind all this, Satan? The dragon, the roaring lion who's lying to him. And that's the truth. Pastor, do you really think all this? No, I know this. I know this. When I was a little kid, sometimes I felt like a nut. Because sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. But folks, the fact is, is just because you feel like a nut doesn't mean you are. See, Almond Joys has nuts. Mounds don't. The point of all this is to say, the point of all this is to say, just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you are. Right now, at home, you may feel that you're not a Christian because Satan is telling you you're not because you made a mistake last night. You got mad. You said a word you shouldn't have. You know it. And you know what? You made a mistake. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It means you made a mistake. And Jesus forgives you for it. He just asks for forgiveness. He's already forgiven you for it. Maybe you looked at something you shouldn't have on the internet. You don't do that again. 
But just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you're not saved. Or maybe you feel like a good person. You're not. You're not a good person. Everybody is a sinner. And Jesus wants to save you. That was really mean, Pastor. No, no. All of us sin falling short of the glory of God. All of us have sin falling short of the glory of God. We're all sinners, but we all make do bad things and good things. The point is this. We are all good. They do bad. We're all bad. They do good. The point is not that. The point is, is if you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll lead you and guide you. And through Christ, we do good. Through Christ, we do good. Don't worry about your feelings. Worry about following the Lord God and the Holy Spirit. That's when we do good. Do that. Do that. God gave good emotions too. Not just bad. He gave good emotions. He gave us self-control as he says over and over again. Proverbs 25, 28. He who has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. He says it in many other places. He's given us love. He's given us agape love. Oh my goodness, he's given us agape love. You have agape love to share. That means godly love. You have that. He's told us in 1 John 4, 16. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Believe in that. Show that. Show that to all the people. You can know and know God and know his love and share his love and feel his love. Let the Lord's love be felt in you. Know that emotion. Feel that emotion. Live that emotion. But I don't always feel like loving other people. I know that. I don't either. But the love of God is greater than any of the other emotions because that's God's emotion through us. And you have that. You have that because you have God. Greater is he who is in you than he who is of the what? Of the world. Thank you. That's right. The Holy Spirit in his word versus the natural worldly desires. That's what you have inside you. You have a war going on. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what are we to do when we have all these doctors and all these people and all these teachers and all these folks telling the children, the next generation, that's all about emotion. Well, first of all, those doctors and all may have a piece of paper, may have doctrines and all these things and tell them these things. That's okay. But guess what? We have the word that comes from the Lord God Almighty. He created all things. He knows far more than people with doctrines. We know that, that God knows all things, is all things. He says we can trust in him. Proverbs 3, 5, 3, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Proverbs 28, 26. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. 1 John 3.20 For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows everything. What does God know? Everything. That's right. I'm going to say that again. 1 John 3.20 
For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows everything. I realize that this is a lot to take in, but you no longer need to be held hostage by your emotions. But Pastor God made the emotions he did, and God made you. He gave you emotions. One more time I'll say he gave you emotions, but he didn't give you to your emotions. He gave your emotions to you. And I personally, throughout this week, throughout this month, throughout this year, have gone through so many emotions. Man, it's been like a roller coaster. Do you ever, anyone here remember the Orient Express over at World of Fun? That crazy kind of orangish red thing? Those dragons used to scare me to death. Those dragons they used to have on there. First time I rode it was 1984. The day before, I went and saw the movie Temple of Doom. And uh, that was the movie that brought us a PG-13. I don't know if you know that. It wasn't the first one, but it was the one that brought it to us. I remember I was scared to death in that film for different things they did. And we went to see, go ride that ride the next day. Mom and Dad made me ride it for the first time, mostly my dad. And I remember Mom told me it's going to be okay. But, boy, I thought for certain I was going to die. And I remember going up that hill for the first time. It goes up, da, 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 da. Do you remember how it makes a sound? Da, da, da. And I thought for certain I was going to die. And I was scared. And, folks, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. I'm really embarrassed to tell you this. Really am. I started crying. I was going, ah, and I was crying. And uh, mom's like, it's going to be okay. She tried to say, and dad's like, son, it's going to be all right. You know, he was a little, a, little, a little more frustrated, but mom wasn't. You know, they between mom and dad, I guess. But anyway, I was getting more and more scared, and I mean terrified. And by the time it was done, I was screaming and hollering and hooping and hollering. And you know what's amazing? When it was done, I was still a little scared, but I hated to admit, I hated, I wouldn't admit it at the time because I hated to admit I was wrong. I kind of enjoyed it too. I went through fear, I went through excitement, I went through joy, and in a matter of just, a, however long that ride was, seven minutes we'll say, I went through fear, excitement, joy, more fear, more excitement, more, ooh, huh. I went through every emotion an individual could go through. But the point was, God knew I was gonna be saved, but at that time I thought I was gonna die. I thought my life was over and God had me safe within his hand. I've been through so many things in my life, so many things where I thought my life was over. Throughout this week even, there's times I thought my life was over and God had me safely in his hand. Throughout some of my brain surgeries, I thought my life was over. Throughout some parts of my divorce, I thought my life was over. Through parts of my life where I thought I was over and God had me safe in his hands. And by the time the Orient Express of my life over and over again was over, and I went up and down through circles of my life, and I thought I was going to die, God said, put your hands up, I got you. Don't worry about it. You're safe in the palm of my hands. I have you. This doesn't mean live reckless. It means live with no concerns, knowing you're safe in my hands. It's going to be okay. Don't let your emotions control you. Give your controls to God. Amen. And as it says in 2 Corinthians 13, 4, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. No matter what happens today or tomorrow or a week from now or two years from now, I am not concerned because God is in control. And although I may cry today, I may laugh, I may go up and down with my emotions of what's going on. It's going to be all right because I'm going to give my emotions and my entire life to the Lord God. He is in control, not you, 
not me. As long as we hand everything over to God and not let our emotions sway us, we're going to be all right. We need to pray for the next generation that their God is not their emotions, but the one that gave the emotions to them. Let's bow in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you so very, very much for letting us have all the senses that you gave to us. What we touch, what we see, what we feel. I pray right now for us, your children, and for the future children. I pray, Lord God, that they not allow emotions to be their God, what controls them, what sways them, Lord Jesus. I know many of them are. But I pray, Lord God, that we will allow your word and our spirit, the Holy Spirit, Lord God, to be what tells us what to do. That, Lord God, you will show us right now what needs to be changed in our lives. Lord God, I pray for this church. I pray for every member. And, Lord God, I pray right now that it will grow. I pray that people will be told by you, by the Holy Spirit, what to do and where to come, Lord, and I pray they will come here. I pray all this in your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.